0: i'm alexis grace clark
1: and i'm mauricio dominguez
0: and this is building Building a Stage stage podcast by break the chain theater company
2: Ooh, that's sexy hello welcome to building a stage the podcast from break the chain theater company about doing just that, building a stage, starting a theater company. We are
1: back. Hi, I'm Craig Esther. I'm Hig the Chain's artistic director.
0: And I am Alexis Grace Clark. I am the general manager and marketing coordinator.
1: And I'm Mauricio Dominguez, the media manager.
2: We're back. It's been, God, a couple
1: months? A couple of months. Yeah, since we
2: recorded yeah. one of these. So now that we missed you all in our hearts, but we needed breaks to do other things and have life happen. Oh,
0: so we got busy
2: so so busy that's why the title of this episode is rest is productive
0: what's rest
2: so we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about that later when we get into our main our main topic but since it has been a while since we've gotten to do this i guess we're going to start with just what we've all been up to the things we want to talk about the things we don't want to talk about you know we take those away (laughs) um so marita what have you been up to this summer
1: It just feels like a little bit of everything. In addition to, you know, planning for the drunk Shakespeare shows and um, keeping in touch with everybody about like the company and where we want to go. And yeah, just doing a lot of video, video work, a lot of video editing. Uh, One of the things that I'm very thankful for is that I haven't had to do a whole lot of advertising yet. It just so happens that people will call me and say, hey, I'm looking for somebody to do video for this event. Are you available I think part of me just was like, you know what? I feel like I'm, I'm not busy enough already, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and start per, uh, planning a um, a short film project to produce and direct. You know, that that, that, just, that just sounds like something that I should do. And so just managing all of that process and kind of learning from scratch, you know, all of what goes into putting together a short film production has been very eye-opening and at a lot of times very stressful, but... All the more worthwhile, I think, because I feel it, it's been a good test for me to really challenge myself and see, like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I say I want to do. So, like, do I have what it takes to go through with this? You know, to like see this all the way, all the way through. And yeah, just kind of remembering to take one step in front of the other, one at a time. You know, not to get too too far ahead. Just keep 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 things focused. So, but yeah, it's been. Bit of everything this summer. Well, Alexis, what about you? What have you, what have you been up to?
0: Well, at the beginning of the summer, if you recall, we had the direct show.
1: Yeah, it was the beginning of the summer.
0: It was, and it took up a huge chunk of my life there for a few months. I did the advertisement and stuff. We tried a little bit something different for twelfth drink. what you brew so what we did was we had our traditional actor profiles which we do for every single show to make sure the actors have something to take away from the production for their websites so we highlight their headshot and we highlight their bio but also something that i thought of is just doing little i called them snippets for why people are excited about this drunk shakespeare because it's our third one so what how's it going to be different what are you excited about it you know do you just really like shakespeare why do you like shakespeare And so try to get that from the cast and crew a little bit. What we did get had a great, great interaction. Uh, You know, we saw lots of hits and lots of people looking at it and interacting with it, which is awesome. It's just unfortunately only two actors did it. And only three people from staff did it. So it was a short-lived little experiment. But I'm thinking when we actually have people who are under contract and we are paying them and we can kind of be like, hey push push a little bit more on it i think it's gonna be a really awesome great tool to use going forward especially since you know there's even the trend going around now that you know well photos are dead instagram wants you to produce reels and that's true to an extent you know tick the video thing is coming back again it's not pictures are not going to be enough so it's also planning and how can we as a team and a theater move forward mm-hmm. You know, knowing that we have to do more videos going forward, at least for while the trend sits. But doing a lot of research into that. But otherwise, life has been kicking my ass. Hmm. So I've been taking quite a bit of rest and quite a bit of time off, or at least trying to, so that I can actually be healthy. And, you know, me and my fiance just moved, which was altogether a terrible idea because moving is stupid.
2: I have been uh, doing maybe too much. Maybe. (laughs) This summer was very... Happy to work at the Michigan Shakespeare Festival. We did three shows in in what we call rep. If you don't know what rep is, rep is basically when you say, "Okay, we're gonna do Macbeth in the afternoon. We're doing Hamlet tonight, and tomorrow we're gonna do Midsummer Night's Dream," and you just kind of run those three plays. Those weren't the plays we did, but um, but you kind of run those three plays throughout the, throughout the summer. So that was like a good ten weeks or a little bit more of work. And when you're putting up three shows you kind of go a little crazy. And then, of course, at the end of those three shows, Craig was like, I'll assistant direct the show for the wonderful Penny Seats Theater. That's going to be a low commitment. And then another theater called, and now I'm working on a salesman at Flint Rep, which is really fun, really great. But uh, Craig's a little, a little exhausted. Did not mean to take on this many things at a time. So I'm actually hoping on this episode to learn from my uh, my co-founders about taking rest, because apparently. I am very bad at it. I tried. I really did. I tried to go on vacation for a week and then, uh, and then, yeah, lots of things happened with with my car going into the shop and then a giant storm happening. and the storm then made the shop run out of power so my car that was going in for like a very minor repair to like replace two things ended up being out of commission for the entirety of my vacation week so the only thing i got to do that i planned was to play dungeons and dragons like that was the only thing i got to do but i still got to do that and that was fine but yeah so that's that's what i've been up to and am currently up to yeah so podcasts are back We're going to be talking to you all, interacting with you more and more. So we want to make sure that you all are following us on all the socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, where we're going to be letting you know when new episodes are dropping of this podcast and the Speak What We Feel podcast. Please look out for the Speak What We Feel podcast. We have two amazing guests that I'm really, really excited for you all to to hear from because, oh my God, it's going to
0: be really, 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 really good, guys.
2: Really, really want, you're going to be really excited. We're going to get a bunch of new listeners just because of like who, of who they are and who they are in the podcasting game. So I'm very, very excited for them. And then we also have another event coming up. It's the BTC One Act Play Festival. So we are doing a one act play festival where we are inviting playwrights to submit brand new works to us. And we are going to be going through those. We're going to be selecting some ones that we really love. And all playwrights who submit to us, we love you. Let me make that very clear. We love you. I, as a writer myself, who is in the middle of writing right now, have so much respect for anybody who like looks at the blank page and goes, I'm gonna make something because that's what we do. We make something out of nothing. And it's Mm kind of magical when something actually happens, comes out and is good. So we'll be going through those plays and then we'll be picking a lineup. If you would like to come out and see those plays, we'll be casting local actors, hiring local directors, hopefully using as many local playwrights as we can. And it's just about getting their stories out there. And for the first time in BTC's history, we're gonna do plays live and in person in front of you, uh, in front of you, the audience. So please continue to follow us and look out for that. To so one of our topics today, we're gonna have what most theater companies have, which you've heard us do a little bit on here. We're gonna have a little post-mortem for 12th Drink or What You Brew, our Drunk Shakespeare production. So I'm gonna throw this to the floor. I just wanna have everybody, Alexis, you got into this a little bit, talk about your job on the show. What did you do? How did you try to improve? All of that, all that fun stuff. What was the event like from your perspective?
0: Everything that I did for the show was before the actual night of the show. I did the marketing, of course, and we tried a little something different to try to engage more people, and I think it totally worked. I just wish I had almost like more examples to see to make sure that it worked, if that makes sense. I wish that it was, you know, more widely done, uh, because I think it's a... I think it will be really good to do going forward is, you know, investing our time in the reels and TikTok moving forward. I think those are, are the two places we need to really start focusing on more. I mean, yeah, Facebook is great because it's Facebook. It gets the job done. It's a central hub for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but Twitter, Twitter's pretty useless for this sort of thing. I'm finding very, very low engagement on most of our Twitter things.
2: Do you want to know a fun fact about Twitter? Huh? Apparently on Twitter, there's maybe less than 20% of people in the world are on Twitter, and maybe 5% of the people who are on Twitter generate 80% of the content. I can't remember exactly. who I heard that from, but I was like, oh, cool. So yeah, we've been like hanging <laughs> a lot of things in the last like 10 years on, what do people say on Twitter? What are the, what are the kids no. saying on the Twitter? And they're like, they're, they're, they're not there. There's a lot of just people who are specifically angry who then tweet a lot or there's me yeah. too much. So, you know.
0: Exactly. So it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking we should be moving away from Twitter in general. I just don't think it's beneficial at this time. You know, maybe we revisit it in the future, but I think we need to spend a lot more of our time and our energy on other platforms. You know, we we technically have a TikTok and it just, there's no videos on it. There's no nothing there. So that's definitely something that we need to grow. We do need to have more videos. Like uh, Mauricio did a video for one of the snippets and It was awesome. And like, you could see the engagement on all of our platforms. I also couldn't post it to Twitter. It wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me post it to Twitter. So it's just like, see, Twitter's stupid. It's just a waste of time for what we're doing. Eventually too, we'll have to look back at our website and do a little bit more to it as engagement goes up for that. This whole season really has been obviously a learning for all of us, but especially me when it comes to the engagement and the marketing stuff. I'd only ever done stuff for an established theater before. So a startup is a very different beast. And yeah, just moving forward is wanting to make sure that we do a little bit more, but also have that work-life balance because I can't be on my computer an additional five hours a day. And for those who don't know, I have a financial job. I would have like a traditional 8.30 to 4.30 job every single day that I have to I I don't really have time to do anything else so anything that you see published during the day it's been pre-published and it's on a timer and that's how I do that
2: yeah and if Twitter wants to sponsor us we will tweet every day for you Twitter so if you'd like to sponsor please give us a call and you'll never hear another negative word
0: yeah we'll stop Twitter bashing if you sponsor us
2: (laughs) as long as Elon (laughs) doesn't buy it
0: yeah in which case all deals are off
1: for this third show, it was um, essentially I was in charge um, like with the previous two of setting up the the live stream and um, just trying to have like a different theme to go with everything. I feel like um, each each time we had like a different intro music and uh, some like cool looking transitions kind of this time it was it was an interesting challenge because. One of the things that we had discussed about way back when, when we first began the live streams was the option of if we see that, you know, perhaps like not a lot of people are chiming in or donating or it's not going as well as, you know, we, we w- would have liked to have uh, a half off, you know, offer like a half off on donations for the second part of the show, which we had talked about, but we didn't have a need to use that. And this time around, we did decide to offer the, the half off. And it was something that just kind of happened in the moment, like halfway through the the first act. And it kind of changed things for me for the during the uh, intermission because normally intermission is the time that we kind of sit back and take a break and just kind of relax. Whereas this time it was just, okay, well, intermission, we'll let everybody know, we'll be back in a few minutes. And then it's like super quickly, like, behind the scenes, like pull up the donations and like edit it so that we slashing the prices half off kind of thing. So it was very fluid and happening very quickly. But I, I really liked the, the fact that we were able to organize our time effectively so that it could happen, you know, seamlessly. And like as far as anybody knew, like, oh, yeah, we just we, we, we already had this plan. So here's the new image. These are the lower donations. And yeah, you know, the show must must go on kind of thing.
2: Yeah, um, just to like go a little further in on that. Basically, yeah, we were doing like we were doing okay as the show was going on, but we kind of wanted to make space for a little bit more, and it did work. We announced okay. half half price drinks, and then all of a sudden there was just like like look like a okay, value of of uh, of stuff going on. I think that that choice was was really good because it helped the audience be a little bit more
1: involved in the show. Because one of the things that we had done from the from the last you know, a couple of shows was to try to, we were trying to make some tweaks to what the different drinks that were available were. And we wanted to have, some options available, but also have it at a slightly higher price range Mm -hmm. so that we wouldn't have a lot of them happening. Cause like we learned pretty quickly from our first show of like, okay, like $10 shots are probably not a safe idea because people just, you know, there were still a fair, you know, number of donations coming in and and we were distributing like different tasks and just keeping things going. Um, But for that second, the second act we really wanted to push it up even more, like just get us all the way through to the Mm -hmm. end. Finish on a strong note, and oh my God, we did!
2: <laughs> the company drink was really popular this time. I don't know why it was so popular, but the company drink was very popular. The other thing about this, so I did my normal function. I directed it, did the cutting of the script, and then I covered Alexis's job, the drink, the drinking captain position. Which I would like to point out, this was our shortest drunk Shakespeare show. It was, I believe, it was shorter than both Midsummer and Much Ado.
0: How long was it?
1: Just over two and a half hours. Nice. Two thirty-six, I think. Okay. Yeah,
2: we did not do a three hour show, which was very much my goal to not do a three hour show.
1: Which when you include our announcements and a ten-ish minute intermission. It's pretty
2: good. Yeah, pretty good. And one of the things that helped with that was the uh just in terms of the drinking captain portion of the evening, which is going, Hey, do your thing, go. And then just be like, I'm not, I'm done. Keep going, keep going. We had a couple times where it, where it got a little silly, where we had to, like, kind of vamp a little bit because things were happening. But we did have some rules, some different rules this time, which um, were very, very fun. Uh, the We did one that was the solo the solo rule, which is you had to sing all your lines. And then we did the duet rule. And I think the audience wasn't quite sure what to make of it. But the first time we did it, um, it was in Olivia and, Vi- and Viola Scene. And it was Anna, Parcham, and and Maggie, and Maggie Alger. And oh my God, when they started singing to each other, there was like, um, there was so much like in the comments, like, oh my God, we should do this as a musical. Oh my God, oh my God. And it was, it was beautiful. We made, we made uh, J.M. Etheridge sing Malvolio's Letter Monologue, (laughs) to which I got a response of like, who made me sing this? And I was like, I can't, I can't, confidentiality, but she sounded, she sounded wonderful. So the singing, uh, the singing really worked and our actors did a really good job of committing to it so that was cool a lot of really big wonderful break choices were made anna's costume changes we love anna Parcham on the show if you can't tell so she had like her viola boy thing set up jm had the yellow stockings and was like doing her suave sexy voice which was delightful so i'm really proud of the performers as i always am Uh, Because they they did an amazing, amazing job that evening. We had uh, Yawande Odetoyembo, a friend of mine, who's an actor out in Boston. We uh, we were going to have another actor playing the role of Festi. And Yawande stepped in at the last minute and just like slayed the entire thing. And like, again, Festi has stuff that Festi has to sing. And she was like, great, I'll just come up with it. Did, did she sing something, a Stitch? to we have, like, you had to do, like, the Stitch voice?
1: She, she didn't sing a Stitch, but she did a Stitch voice. And you can collectively see the reaction from yeah, we, everybody on the stream. Just uh, everybody broke character because it was that freaking good. It was that. just fantastic.
2: Yeah, Batman voice did well, Stitch did well. We've now got this nice treasure trove of, like, of rules from the different productions that we've done which I'm really grateful that we have because then hopefully when um, the next time we wanna do something like this, maybe not exactly the same as this, but something like this, we have all of that uh, data to help us. I think a a thing that I wanna work on for future things though, is just trying to really crack the thing about casting it. Mm -hmm. Because again, we're always going for as much diversity as we can. I love that we have so many women on stage in these. Like, that's amazing to me. And also getting to play roles that they don't normally get to play, which is nice. And nobody's just playing love interests. And, you know, we just want more people of color. I want to really get into more, having more non-binary actors, more trans performers. Just, again, increasing, increasing our family with more people with these varying, wonderful perspectives, because you can see when they do the work. It's amazing to watch the piece through the prism of their perspective. It's really, really beautiful. I mean, and it's, it's why we do this. It's why we started this company to give those voices more free reign. So the next thing is how do we, how do we improve the event? What do we do uh, for the future to make the next thing, you know, the next thing that we do better. And I think we've heard a couple things about, about that already. Like I said, I'll just say casting, having casting sooner. And um, I would like to develop a little bit more, of a rehearsal process for it, not like a four week, like working on it all the time kind of thing, but a process where we can get a little bit more practice in because that practice can then create the content that becomes those Instagram reels and those TikToks and things like that. And that gives us more time um, with our actors and maybe take one of these instead of having it be one night, maybe making it a run for like a weekend where we do it that way. And we change around the drinking rules to make that work. But, you know, we will we will uh, see what that what we can do in the future.
0: Yeah, I want to say I want to do it in person. I want to film it like in one location where everyone can be safe, Mm -hmm. consume, consume what they need to can and will consume. And then we feed them and then they get sober and then we let them go. I want that to be in person with, a, you know, like a three day rehearsal period. Mm-hmm. So that's not 1000% improv. I think that's the next step for these shows. And yeah, I think doing a run of it for a weekend, if we have enough interest, why the hell not? Why make it a one day only thing? Exactly. Can't do more than like a week because these poor people's livers. Oh, but yeah.
1: that was one of the things that Craig and I, if you remember, we had a discussion about it right after the the show is about, you know, potentially moving it to making the next step would be to to have it in person because just kind of seeing how long it's been the first time we did this was back in February and that may just seem like it was seven months ago fine but in terms of how things are being managed outdoors and it was completely different so I feel like one of the reasons why our first event was so successful is well it was it was our first ever event and so we had a lot of people showing up to support Uh, But at that time, also, like theaters were just starting to reopen, like just barely. And so and for a lot of people, myself included and for my family included, like we still pretty much kept indoors. You know, we weren't really going out for for much. So I feel like it was easier to be to be able to pull in people. And even if they didn't tune in for the whole show, just to tune in for maybe 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, uh, I feel like it was easier Back in February, when most people were still social distancing, staying in their homes, you know, it was colder out. Whereas now you're in the middle of the summer and like most, if not all, businesses are, you know, back to their regular operating hours. So pulling people to tune in for a streamed event just proved that much harder because now you've got, you're competing against the theaters who are having in-person shows or, you know, the sport events that are going on downtown, all that. Which isn't to say that there wouldn't there's not an opportunity to still use the streaming online for the future. But I think, yeah, it, it does sound like, you know, based on, on our discussions, that moving to in person kind of it just seems like the the next step for these.
0: Yeah, at the very least if we keep it in the summer, I feel like it, you know, have a nice summer outing of like a summer evening. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the show is about. It's like the warm, fuzzy feeling that you get. Yeah. yeah. On those like nice summer evenings and you can go chill outside during intermission so you can get that breath of the fresh air.
2: <laughs> there is something to be said also about having done it in February. See, this is this is a real meeting conversation. But February, the other thing about it was that it was winter. And so yeah. getting live getting live performance where you don't have to leave your house when it's snowing outside and it's cold and all of that. I think there's a little, little bit of a virtue in that as well. So that so that was also kind of a factor there. The other thing I guess we want to say is uh, we're saying goodbye to drunk Shakespeare for a while. We're going to be taking this little trilogy that we've done. We completed The Return of the King. <laughs> we're going to <laughs> sort of put it, don't worry, Alexis, we're not doing prequels. We're, we've taken that sort of trilogy and it's in our BTC vault. <laughs> and um, if you want to see any of those shows, you can see them on our on our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash break the chain TC. You will find all three of those productions. So you can go back and look at them. We're putting those away for a while because we're going to be doing some new and exciting things that we're going to be getting into more on our social media, starting with the one act festival, maybe seeing more of you in space with us doing in-person theater work. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Break the Chain TC through our Patreon where you can see the video versions of this podcast and you can see all of our all of our drunk Shakespeare video shenanigans. So we're going to move into uh, what our main topic for the episode is, which is the this idea that rest is productive. I, someone said this to me over the summer where I was very much not resting. And um, so I just wanted to bring it up because, guys, having a theater company is hard. Having a business is hard and it's so difficult to um, keep your momentum going, but also keep yourself uh, feeling healthy and feeling on top of things. So the first thing I want to throw out there is this question of how do we all in this group deal with burnout? What do we do when we're feeling like we're kind of at the edge of or at the end of the rope?
1: One of the things I will say that um, this summer has kind of put me to the test has been specifically in trying to find time to step away for a little bit. Because I feel like just between doing video for one event or doing video for um, for Break the Chain or planning the streaming, one of the things that it has kind of pushed me to do is to be a lot more specific, a a lot more methodical in how I plan things and making sure that I like just don't... I've officially given up just kind of trusting myself to remember something. I know I got to put it in a calendar or I know I got to put it in a to-do list. And now I have officially like I'll have a to-do list that I keep every single day and just be jotting down on like, here are five things I need to get done, you know, or, um, and just updating it daily. And it's like, okay, we, today we, we knocked these five out tomorrow. I need to work on these Um, just, you know, to, to, to stay one step ahead if possible, but more specifically, like in the moments where it, where it has felt like, you know, just kind of overwhelmed and dealing with a lot, allowing myself just some time to decompress. For example, like just like a cutoff, like it's 8 p.m. I've sent all the emails I can. I've e- called all the people I can. As much as I would like, there's not a whole lot more that I can do about this until tomorrow or if it's the weekend until Monday
0: boundary
1: yes just setting that limit is like okay i've done everything i can about this for now from now until the end of the day until the end of the weekend let me just like focus on something else put on the tv you know watch a, a show or play a video game you know and even if it's for a couple of hours like but just allowing myself that that little times like okay i'm gonna put this aside for the moment focus on something else and just try to relax you know and then We'll come back to it when, when, when it is time. And that's been a learning process for me because I've had the horrible tendency of just staying focused and thinking and stressing about something. It, it can be challenging when you get used to, like at least for myself, it's been really hard seeing rest as productive. Because I'll feel like if I have one Saturday and I didn't get anything done, I didn't work on anything Creative, or, you know, then I, I'll be like, well, I just, it wasn't productive. I didn't do anything productive all day. But over the last few weeks, I've sort of just been able to view that in a different way where it's like, okay, I didn't work on any, for example, like I didn't work on any BTC or any short film or any editing today, Saturday. I went to a, a concert or I went to a ball game, what have you. But now, Monday, okay, I feel rested. I feel charged up. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a pile this big of things to do. Let, let's go. You know, having those, those clear boundaries I find has been very helpful, but it, it's been a work in progress. What's having boundaries like? I just, you know,
0: it's something me and my therapist talk about quite often.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm learning how to sort of set those with people in general. Cause you kind of recognize sometimes people will tell you what your relationship is with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when they tell you, you have to listen because I think there's a real human thing of like you you wanting somebody to be your best friend all the time, which means you're there with them all the time. And you want to like, whatever you get to a point where you know, like, okay, this person's not going to talk to me unless I start a conversation with them, which means that I probably don't need to spend the amount of time I do Worrying about how that person thinks about our friendship, right?
0: That's a hard one to realize, but yes.
2: But I think that's a part of resting because you're you're spinning your mind so many ways. You're spending so much time in your brain worrying about about how people feel about you, and most of the time, people are worried about themselves and not about not about you. So that's something I've had to learn uh, this summer, which actually brought me a lot of peace, because uh, oh my God. When you're in a situation doing what we do, especially when you're a performer, you know, we jump around to different groups. We make different families everywhere we go all the time. And so when you move between those different families, you have different status in that family. You have different positions within that family. And if you're somebody like me who is very prone to worry about what do people think about me and what I'm doing, or if you're in a situation where you're trying to make a really good impression Mm -hmm. somewhere, um, you will work yourself the bone to make a good impression, and then you'll walk in and look around and go, oh, I did all that work, but everyone was fine with me, and I could have just slept. (laughs) I could have just, um, so I'm learning about good enough. You know, I'm learning about the idea that, look, man, I wrote 15 pages today. Maybe I don't need to write 30, (laughs) right? Or, um, you know, I've learned these lines as well as I can today. If I run them four more times, they're not going to be any better because you get this sort of d- diminishing return, which is what was happening to me last weekend. I'm learning lines for Death of a Salesman, and I'm in, like, two scenes of this show, but I'm in one scene that's super difficult. It's like a really, like, I'm going back and forth with our with, with our lead actor, and it's a really intense scene, and it goes really fast, and I'm like, I want to be perfect And, um, and so I was stressing out about that all Saturday. And then, um, and then I've got another scene where I'm like running around. I've got business and I got to move things around. I got to press this button. I got to do this. And I got to a certain point where I went, oh, you know, I've done this as much as I can. I'm going to go to sleep. And when I get there tomorrow, it'll be what it is. And it's fine. And I went in and I looked around and other people had scripts in their hands and were not freaking out to the level that I was freaking out. And I was like, well, then why did I put myself through all of, through all of that stress? So I'm, so I'm learning about that. That's a big, that's a big thing for me It's just letting things be where they are and not trying to force them to be better because then you end up not having the energy to actually do the work that you want to do.
0: Super interesting to hear your guys' point of view because you guys are both just doing a lot more artistic things than I am right now. Um, For those who don't know, I had surgery back in May and so it's been a very tumultuous (laughs) roller coaster since then when it comes to like me as a human being. Um, So I wish I kind of had those like professional struggles that I used to have with like you know, balancing shows, balancing my day job and balancing my relationship and and all that sort of thing. And I'm just not there right now. So it's like very interesting to like go from that level because that's where I've been operating since I was like 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. You know, getting your professional shows, doing school, doing the work thing. Well, now your shows are your professional shows and like having that pressure that you put on yourself, especially as a new a newer and upper coming actor in the industry you want to make sure that you know you aren't the the loose chain link in the group because then they'll just be then it, you know it's the traditional oh well you know they're new they don't really know what they're talking about and, and all that sort of talk that does happen that is a real thing and so that's been my life for so long that now coming here and like I said I just moved last weekend two weekends ago whatever either way and <laughs> I'm having the like realization that I can't even like lift heavy boxes over a certain pound that I used to be able to do you know I I literally suffer from fatigue and exhaustion from stressing out over a freaking move and so it's taken me back as like a human because I can't do the things that I used to be able to do I can't I literally can't stomach the stress that I used to be able to stomach. And to the point where like my anxiety has gotten so bad that I've actually like sought medication for the first time in my life as a high functioning, uh, anxiety and chronic depression person, I've never been medicated in my life. And I started medication because it just got that bad. So it's, it's really interesting to hear (laughs) what, like the things that I'm used to dealing with, Mm -hmm. and then like acknowledging the fact that like I'm trying to be a healthy person and I'm not right now Mm -hmm. and it's what steps can I personally take to get there again so that I can have those conversations Mm -hmm. again because I think it's really important that especially the viewers of this podcast understand is that life doesn't stop to build a theater in fact it hits harder because you have to survive and then this is just the, the building, the theater is just on top of everything you're already doing, unless you're, you know, of course you're fortunate enough to just make this your full-time gig, because if you do, what grants are you writing to? Cause I would like to know. Um, but it's, it's a reality check. Like life continues to happen. People get sick, people get jobs, people overbook themselves. Um, if it's what? not in no. the planner, if, if it's not in the planner, <laughs> it doesn't exist, you know? Uh, I've been saying that since high school. (laughs) Um, If it's not in my planner, if it's not my calendar, it doesn't exist. And it is setting those boundaries. Like for me personally, every day from nine to 10, I just take my time to zone out and whatever means necessary, whatever that is. 10 o'clock, my fiance is in with me and we're watching one of our favorite shows for an hour before I go to bed Mm -hmm. because he stays up later than me. And that is our routine. And will we always have that routine? No, no, we won't. Mm -hmm. because life is going to happen Mm -hmm. and boundaries will have to change. But you always have to remember to treat yourself as a human first and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's something that all three of us are are problematic with because we want to please other people and we want to get the job done. And we lose ourselves. We put our health second. We put ourselves second to meet the deadline, finish the project, which is kind of what theater has instilled in us in that, in that whole industry is that's they want product first. That's not a secret to anyone who's ever been in theater at any level. I think that's what's messed up about theater. And I know a lot of people also share that idea, especially with the COVID pandemic and um, learning for the first time in our lives to put ourselves first and set those boundaries. and. Whether you're an actor, you're a technician, a director, a writer, it doesn't matter. You have to have those boundaries to, yes, prevent burnout, but also for your own health. Because if you keep burning out, you're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. That's just how a human body works. Um, And so, you know, personally, I took a sabbatical in July. Well, kind of, for the most part, um, because we had the one show. (laughs) Um, But... It's because I knew I needed the time. Otherwise I was going to get sicker than I already was. And so I think it's just, you know, again, it's just one of those reminder things that life doesn't stop to do this. Mm -hmm. You have to fit life around this and you need to put yourself first for once because us theater people, we're real bad at that. And we're conditioned to be bad at that all throughout our lives. We're conditioned to put other people in the production. The show must go on. You know, we've said it in this episode. Yeah. So yeah, rest is productive because you need it.
2: Quick shout out to We Will Not Go Back, our our one act play festival where we um our 10 minute play festival, not our our 10 minute play festival where we brought all women bodied AFAB, I'm trying to use all the inclusive language, uterus wielding members of our society together to create shows um that we then that we then streamed. To help raise money for the National Network of Abortion Funds
0: and the Center for Reproductive Rights.
2: Yes, we will not go back. We raised money doing new, new works by all female-identifying, uterus-wielding, afab, woman-bodied artists creating their own, their own new works, and we used that event to raise money for the Center for Reproductive Rights and the National Network of Abortion Funds. So th- I know we didn't make this episode about that, but we're really proud. Mm-hmm. of of that event and we might that means we might have to pick it up later and talk about what we did there because i think that's also an important thing to bring up when um theater and social justice meet and what our responsibility is
0: that's a whole episode on its own man
2: yeah so i'm not oh yeah we're not going into it now that'll be a that'll be a future that'll be a future app the other thing i want to talk about is when you know it's time to rest and how do you how do we work together as a team to avoid communal burnout so i'll tell you a stupid thing i did this summer I got really into caffeine, like more than I usually am. I'm like, I don't really like, I drink coffee a little bit. And um, I used to work night shifts and on night shifts, we would all drink Red Bull. And so doing this like three show rep, I started to have this thing of like, I would go to work in the morning at my office and I would have a coffee at the office. I would get to the show and I would have a Red Bull and I was doing that twice a day, every day, like all the time. And I got to a point where I was like, what's going on with my mental health? Because I was jittery. I was anxious. I was like feeling antisocial and standoffish and all of that stuff. Like I was so in this sort of manic, like I had a panic attack at one point. It was not good. Mm. And I was like, what's the thing I'm doing differently? Oh, maybe you don't need Red Bull every day when you're doing like six or seven shows a week. (laughs) Maybe you don't need that much of that. And as soon as I stopped doing that, I felt like myself again but it also meant that like maybe you just need to get sleep because there's no substitute for sleep.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing, there's no substitute no. for food or sleep. Mm-hmm. Period. Food, sleep, water. You need the three.
2: That's a way that um we have to kind of check each other and be like are you go- are you taking care of yourself? Are you sleeping? Are you, you know, are you doing the things that you need to do to make sure that you're 100%? Cuz if you don't have that, then we got to make room for you to be able to do that.
1: I am guilty of undermining the importance of sleep. I used to and this is this is talking about years going back to even before COVID. I'm sure everybody, everybody's different, but for me, it's like I hit a creative peak late at night. Yes. So it's like if if I, if I start working on something at like 9 or 10 like it is so easy for me to get into 2 3 a.m. but I just got so into the habit of oh you know I'll just catch up on sleep later and catch up catch up on sleep later. It wasn't um it was ended up being through I think through a, a, my Fitbit that it just like gives you a report of like these are all the this is this is how many hours you've been sleeping on average since you bought this. And I could, you not, like it, it wasn't even six. It wasn't even six hours average for the last, I don't know how many months, six months. I think mm-hmm. I had had multiple people, even like doctors that I was seeing. And they were they had talked about you need to be getting your sleep. You need to be getting your sleep. And it wasn't until like seeing that, you know, seeing, oh, look at that. You know, I on average barely even get five and a half hours of sleep. And it's like, okay, maybe I need to start doing something about that. And I will say just being aware of that has kind of, has pushed me to like be more of like, okay, you know what? Hard stop. I'm hoping to get myself to midnight. Right now, I'm st- it's still a work in progress. I'm still like, but I have noticed an improvement on it, you know? So I think we also tend to, it's so easy to like think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just push through it I'll, and I'll, I'll manage it. I can do it. But as you said, Alexis, like, yeah, life keeps moving, life life goes on and we we age twelve years ago. Yes, of course I could I could go to bed at four AM and be up and ready to go at eight or a six, you know, like but like now no or way. Four. No, I don't care how many alarms I put, like <laughs> if I go to bed at four, I'm not getting up until like eleven. So, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of learning to, as an artist, I feel like it, it's more challenging. You know to set those boundaries and to have those limits, but it's not until you start experiencing, as 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 you both have mentioned, that you start seeing the physical like symptoms. That you start feeling, you know, what this isn't right. I'm not feeling what's going on. That you start having to make those adjustments.
2: Yeah, I want two to just real quick kernels that were in there. One of the ones that I think I'm working on now is. Um checking in with yourself because i think that you get so busy and so like i have to do this after this that you don't check in with yourself and i find at least in my life that's when things get the most chaotic get the most out of order you know um and and then you have to then rebuild yourself from the point <laughs> you have to kind of go back uh, to fix whatever it was that you're that you're neglecting because you didn't take the time like i have to like write it into my phone like set an alarm that says, okay, this is the hour that we do X, Y, and Z. That's just about checking in and seeing how you're doing. Um, the other thing is being honest with the people you work with about what you have the capacity to do and not and not do. Now, we're still learning in this setting, but sometimes we set deadlines for ourselves. and We think, oh, yeah, this will be great. I totally have time to do this. And then life happens, and you're like, oh, I totally didn't have time to do that. But trying to be very clear with everybody, That like, this is the timeline that I think works. And then of course, having teammates who will be like, are you sure? (laughs) Right. Um, And, and it's not, no one's trying to offend you or say that you're not good at your job when they say, are you sure you have enough time to do that? Because I would rather, I would rather give somebody a longer amount of time to get something done and know that it's going to, be done than to have somebody be like, yeah, I can do that in an hour because then it's not going to be the level that you want and they're going to burn themselves out to do it. So those are those two things that I pulled out of that, that like, yeah, those are big life things to deal with.
0: And just to add to that too, I mean, for the three of us, it's just so important to have the support system for this work, especially because it's not our full-time jobs. You know, we, we understand the fact that there's other things that unfortunately have to take priority because we live in a capitalist society and we need money, you know, and so we have to leave room for one another as well to like take those projects and make a living and prioritize one's health because it's such a friggin' big deal. And you know, I'm fortunate enough for my day job is also allowing me to do that, um, which has been awesome. Um and a relief. <laughs> But, you know, everyone's not that lucky all the time. But I think it all goes back to trusting your coworkers. You know, we have to say coworkers, so we don't have a manager or nothing like that. But, you know, is having that work environment that actually works for you instead of trying to mold yourself to work the environment. Yeah. Um, and I'm something of a chameleon when it comes to work, too. I just try to fill whatever hole is needed when it comes to workplace environments. And I'm finding that, you know, I have to take a step back even, and I have been for a few months. It's just when you recognize that you're just tired all the time and even the things that used to bring you joy when it comes to your work, weren't bringing you joy anymore. And it feels more like an obligation than anything else. Those are signs of burnout. Those are signs of, hmm, why do I feel that way? Let's, Let's dive into that a little bit farther mm-hmm. because you shouldn't feel like that. And I know, you know, it's that work-life culture where you're just expected to work no matter what and just get the job done and, you know, salvage what little bit of your life you still have after, after it's all said and done. But, you know, there's a new generation coming up that doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm on team then because I too also want to live a life that's not just work and I want to enjoy it. I want to travel. I want BTC to be a thing. I want this to be our full-time job because at very least it's theater and it makes us happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. So, it's, you know, you know, how do you what is the question? How do we work together to ensure our team doesn't run out of something?
2: Energy. Oh, so much team energy. Burn out. Of energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's we check in with each other and we we change the plan.
2: Mm-hmm
0: you know, like we say it a couple of different times is that, um, we haven't made promises to anyone regarding our due dates. Mm -hmm. It's just to ourselves. And normally we are very good about meeting our due dates and then life happens sometimes. And we have to allow each other to have the grace and the trust within one another that if someone drops a piece, somebody else is going to pick it up. Mm -hmm. It's really important for that. Um, but personally, what I do to like rest is I usually sleep because I'm one of those people that get sleep deprived mm-hmm. very easily. So sleep is my best friend, even though it hates me. I love it. Um, and I, you and admittedly, I'm a scroller. I just zone out when I scroll or I do a painting by numbers app. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I love me mandalas because they're nice and symmetrical. Um or I play with my cat because my cat is my ESA and she understands when I am stressed, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just finding those little things that like let you zone out of the moment and make it so that you don't, you're not constantly worrying about whatever your stress or anxiety is. Like, you know, we're not saying disassociate, disassociation is bad. And if you do that, you should talk to a licensed therapist or counselor because you shouldn't be doing that, Mm -hmm. but being able to zone out and not, completely obsessed about whatever it is you're anxious over whatever that is for you man do it your life is so short you have so much more to do than work just remember that because especially in the theater community they make it seem like it's life or death and it's usually not and i know i might get flack for saying that i actually felt like i just said a dirty word for like for theater people (laughs) what's that (laughs) It's not actually life or death. And everybody wants you to think that it is.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a generational shift that's happening, particularly in the theater work, that is, um, the show will happen. It's gonna be okay. There's very, there's much more of a, there's not so much like come in when you're sick because you just like, but you just gotta be there. You don't wanna miss a show. You know, I'm, I'm seeing that when it wasn't like that five years ago, you know? Five years ago, I, I was on stage with a cast member who walked off stage because she was like, I think I'm going to throw up. She ended up like just kind of dry heaving for a second and then came back on stage and we did the show. And it was like, that was not OK. You know, but that person didn't feel the permission from the environment that we were working in to be OK. Was, I mean, I did I did Macbeth three years ago. And in the middle of the show, I started having horrific, like, stomach pain. And I thought, oh, it'll go away. And I did the second show of the day, and I found out then that it was pancreatitis. And it was not okay. So we had to cancel a couple of shows, and I had to, like, go home. I had to go to the emergency room. and be in the emergency room till like, 5 in the morning. And I was on tour, so I wasn't, like, in the vicinity of any family or anybody. So I just had to put myself in the car, go to the emergency, be there all night, have a huge medical bill, leave, and then, um, yeah, just be, like, you know, sick in an Airbnb for, like, three days. Like, it it was not okay. I should have, what my body was telling me, you need to stop. And I wasn't listening. And when you don't listen, you know, that's what happens. So, like, for me, when I rest, I'm, like, I'm reading books. Like, I'm reading George Martin's Fire and Blood right now. Shout out to House of the Dragon, if anyone's watching that. Video games, I'm playing Elden Ring right now, which is, like, whew. We're doing it. We're gonna be the Elden Lord soon. Uh, <laughs> last thing is,
1: what are we looking forward to? What are what are we excited about? So let's 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 talk about that. I mean, I'm super excited to get working towards beginning to have in person shows. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the one act play festival. I'm excited for some of our other events coming up that will also be in person. That we have, we are not quite sharing the details of yet, but. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just excited to you know get to work on on new events and in person, and we're starting on our next season. Letting that sink, you know. Yeah, there's there's gonna be quite a bit of work, but we can manage it. You know, as you said, this year has been a very effective trial for for all of us, and and seeing just what what. Running a theater company requires, and I think what I see us realizing is, yes, this is quite a bit of work, and it's a challenge because you have to, you're starting it from scratch, and you have to still balance your your work life and your personal health. But this is what we want, and so we we want to make this happen. So we obviously need to continue working on our process, and it'll be a matter of continuing to check in with each other, but. I'm excited for it. You know, I think we all collectively share that, that vision of like, we want to make this happen. And so um, I'm excited, you know, getting our, our first in-person season going.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get in the room. I want to be in the rehearsal room, doing combat, doing intimacy coordinating. A little worried because of COVID is still a thing, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm very excited to go in and do the work. It's been a very long time since I've been in a rehearsal room. Mm -hmm. So it's a little scary, Mm -hmm. but I'm super excited for our in-person events. And it's our very first season. This is all our first little season. It's our little BTC season.
2: I'm really excited to read these plays. We've gotten submissions in for our One Act Play Festival. I'm really excited for the the artists that we're going to bring together, because like we talked about with the Drunk Shakespeare, we're going to try to create as diverse a group of artists, of storytellers as we possibly can for that. And so I'm really excited for that event to happen and to go up and just excited to see all of you who are listening to this, who have followed us to like really see what we're about in this next, in this next year. With that being said, that's your new episode of building a stage. We are back. There will be more, no worries. Follow us for more. So you've already heard kind of places where you can follow us. So I'm just going to run through those again real quick. So patreon.com forward slash Break the Chain, TC. You follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You know, we said some bad things about you, Twitter. But again, sponsor us. And we'll say nice things. We're that shallow. Twitch. Twitch, yeah. And that's all. Break the Chain Theater Company. If you look us up, then you will find us there. I promise you. So. That is your episode. I'm Craig Esther, the Artistic Director. We have Mauricio Dominguez, our Media Manager. And we have Alexis Grace Clark, our General Manager and our Head of Marketing, because I want to always shout out that you do that, because it's really awesome. So thank you. This has been Building Stage.